Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equip to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equip to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Well, it's that time of year. Millions of kids are getting ready to begin the new school year. And if you are like most parents, there's a little bit of nervousness with anxiety and a bit of enthusiasm. Why? Well, because it's change. It's different. But That's what we're going to talk about on today's podcast, how to ease back into a new school year and helping your kids make the adjustments so that you don't have so much pushback when things get a little rough as you settle into a new routine. That's our topic on today's podcast of Equipped to Be with Connie Alpers. So glad you're here. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Friends, I have just wrapped up a very full speaking season. And I was in Toronto and Idaho and Colorado, Arizona, Florida, and I hear echoes of the same sentiment, a bit of nervousness about starting back the new school year. Obviously, there's been a tremendous amount of discussion in the news, and I will be honest, I know many of you don't even turn the news on. You've gotten to the point where you're not tuning into the news, you're trying to limit your exposure on social media. You're just trying to stay afloat, try to eliminate the things that do cause you to be full of anxiety or nervousness or just being perplexed in general. But what do you do? You know, there is an importance in preparing our kids to go back to school, again, whether that's private, public, or homeschooling. Now, all these conferences that I spoke at were homeschooling conferences. And so there's a lot of adjustment to starting off a new year. One, your kids are going to be learning new concepts, and some children don't like that. I know, surprise. Some children really get frustrated because they have perfectionistic tendencies. Oh, and what about you? I bet many of you probably struggle with some perfectionistic tendencies as well. It's is a little bit of commonness to it. But as we kind of unpack this over this podcast, I'm going to give you some tips. They certainly helped us. For over 21 years, as I was homeschooling my kids and getting them back into the flow. And for those that are new to the podcast, I am Connie Albers. I have five children. They have all grown up. Three are married. I have a couple of grandbabies now. I do have the distinct privilege of having written Parenting Beyond the Rules and getting to speak and do a lot of different media, whether it's local or national and be a guest on many podcasts. So it's a privilege for me to be able to pour back in. And so that's what we're going to talk about this time, because, you know, this year is going to be unlike last year. There's never a repeat. There's never a do-over. Some things are, you know, maybe it's setting the same schedule, but the content's going to be different and your children are going to be older. Some of your children will have matured quite a bit. 
since you began a new school year last year. Some of yours are just entering into the school year. I know many of you are new to the podcast. You've heard me speak at one of the conferences and you've decided, hey, let me check out Equip to Be. And for that, I say thank you. Thank you for joining us. I will ask you to do this. If you would please just go over and subscribe to Equip to Be, just hit the subscribe button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a comment, leave a review. That's really important. And as many of you know from listening to me, I am currently working on a few new projects that I know will help you in strengthening your family because the family is under attack. But as we prepare our children for the transition back into school, there's some things that you need to address as well as your kids. And let's just talk about those. It's just going to be a little bit of an upheaval, just a little disruption to the normal ebb and flow of a summer break. And that could be just kind of easing back into time, meaning if you're like me, I like routines and I like knowing what's coming. So I do like to create schedules. Some of you are a little more carefree and and that's not your cup of tea, but I do want to tell you this. There are studies that do show children thrive better when there is a routine. Now, the routine can be loose. It can be not so structured, especially if you have a child that's temperament is not geared that way. But in general, children do better with some form of routine. And as we ease back into school, there is a disruption. So be prepared for that. You need to be prepared for that mentally. Many of you work and you're trying to get your kids into a new school routine. You're trying to homeschool them. And you're trying to figure out, how do I make it all work? Well, that is where establishing a schedule is going to be kind of like a game changer, a lifesaver in many ways. Also, talk to your kids. If you've already begun the school year, your kids are in the school year, and they may have a bit of anxiety from other kids they may be around, whether it's if they're homeschooling and they're in a co-op or they're doing some new online classes, talk to them about the possibility of anxiety and listen. Ask them questions that get them talking to you about how they feel about the new subject, the new year, the new class they're going to be taken. Ask them and then tell them it's normal. It's okay. Everybody has a bit of adjustment period and it's okay. There's social adjusting and there's peer dynamics that we need to adjust to. The social adjusting is just the fact that they're going to be maybe around other folks, especially if they're doing any online classes or they're doing some co-op classes or they're going to school. There will be some social adjustments. Understand that this is part of growing up. This is part of your children learning to engage in the world around them, engage in a world of ideas honestly engage in a world that may not agree with what your family values are. And the peer dynamics can create quite a bit of pressure on kids, depending on their ages, if they're elementary ages children or middle school or high school. Each of those seasons of stages for child development come with some commonalities. One, in the middle school years, for example, the middle school years, oftentimes kids just They're not sure of who they are. They're starting to realize when they're not invited to something or when they're excluded or if they're not maturing the way some of their friends are. They start to notice those differences, and it can be a great source of frustration for them. 
Some of your children will vocalize it. Others won't. They'll just stuff it. And that's where you, mom and dad, come into place. You notice changes. Talk to your kids about it. Go for walks. Go for car rides. Do an activity together. Have a date night and give them an opportunity to express. And I always encourage when you're trying to kind of get to the heart of what's going on with your children, start asking them about their friends or their activities, things that they're interested in. Don't directly go for like a level four or five type of conversation. Start with something easy to kind of get them talking to you. Certain personality types will chat and they'll just, everything they think comes out their mouth. But others don't do that. Other personality types, they're your thinkers. They're trying to process everything. And as an immature child who's trying to become an adult, they don't always know how to process some of their emotions. And that leads me to the next point. Some of your kids are going to be greatly excited, and some are going to have some hesitation. Some will be nervous. And as I was talking with all these moms, one of the things I heard is the moms are nervous. They're very uncertain about how the year is going to go. And as I asked more and more questions from the parents that I was talking with, part of it has to come with their expectations, what they hear their friends talking about, what they expect out of their children. See, we want to have high expectations. We want to require the best of our children. We don't want to require something that they're not able to give, whether that's developmentally yet or relationally or emotionally. We want to be really careful with that because we can actually create a setback or create greater problems by not knowing this is a possible scenario, that the emotional adjustment with children, being nervous or anxiety or anxious about situations, some of your children might even experience a bit of sadness. I mean, how many of us, when we were children, we loved summertime. It was just a carefree time. Now, I will say this, for many of you, it's been a blistering hot summer, but there can be a little bit of reluctance to move forward. You know, when we stop and think about it, our children, you know, we turn the tassel when they're 18. That's only 18 summers, and it's not likely that your kids are going to remember the first three, maybe first four summers of their lives. And from, say, 15, 16, 17 and on, they're either working summer jobs or they're doing summer schoolwork or they're doing some volunteer work. So there's really not a lot of carefree summer. So if you kind of step back and you put that in perspective, all of a sudden, guess what? You're seeing why they may be reluctant. They've played, they've slept in, they've enjoyed things. Maybe they've pursued a passion, an interest that they had. And it's kind of like a sadness of, oh man, how is that going to fit into my life or my day? Maybe it won't, or maybe they're just going to have to make more adjustments or more decisions. Decisions of what can we carry through into the fall and what do we need to lay down? And so just those simple processes can cause a child to be a little sad. And it also means for you, mom and dad, it's going to put more demands on you. There is more cost, more activities, more school books, more, you know, everything. And so that can put a strain on an already tight budget. So be easy on yourself. Don't expect that things are going to go perfectly from you or from your children. Every year is going to bring on its own set of unique joys and excitements as well as challenges. 
And we don't know what the next school year is going to actually look like. You know, I think about the verse, you know, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. I mean, we do when we should make our plans. And then we just have to hold those loosely in a sense of saying, Lord, this is what I think you're wanting us to do, talking to your children about it. Hey, this is what we're going to do. I'll help you with it. It's going to be new information. You're not going to know all of this. There'll be some review. Usually they spend a good month in review. And even if you've homeschooled and you've taken off the summer, there's still going to be some reviewing that has to take place. So there'll be some stuff that they know, but automatically there's going to be some trepidation. The other thing to help your children ease back into the school year and help you mentally be able to get everything done on your to-do list is start some meal prep. Be thinking on Sunday about what it is you're going to be eating for the week. And there's a lot of great bloggers out there that do some meal prep, that have some menu planning. There's a lot of organizers out there that help with organizational tasks. The bottom line is, no matter what it is you apply or you try, just give it a little bit of time for it to work itself out because it's going to take some adjustment on your part. But if you can plan ahead for the week with your meals and have your grocery shopping done or at least know what you're going to be cooking so that in the morning you can take out whatever you need so it's ready for the evening, you're going to reduce the stress level that you actually feel because you know these kids constantly want to eat three meals a day plus like four or five snacks. Be thinking about the nutrition of those meals. I know costs are high. I know inflation has impacted many of us and it's easy to run towards processed foods or quick, easy sandwiches, you know, things that fill a tummy. But I want to encourage you to consider what is nutritious. What fruits and vegetables, what healthy proteins are we giving our children? What healthy fats are we giving them? Because their brain is developing and it's developing at a rapid rate. And we want to help our children have the proper nutrition so that they can think quickly and sharp and their mind can develop as well as their body. I know my daughter and I have had a lot of conversations. She's got a little baby and my daughter-in-law has an 18-month-old. And so we talk about little children as babies are starting to learn to eat. We want to train our children to develop taste buds for good, healthy foods. It's very easy to become quite addicted to sugar and processed foods and carbohydrates. They do fill the tummy, but they don't have the nutritional impact that we need to have in our children so that they develop and grow in an optimal way. The other thing, when I was talking about easing back into a routine, establish when you're going to have breakfast and when you're going to have lunch and when you're going to have dinner. If your children are homeschooled, if they're away at school, make sure you establish what time breakfast is going to be and what time dinner is going to be. This is critical. Their little metabolisms get acclimated towards kind of like a clock. And so when you plan that time, I know oftentimes I would plan our dinner like when it was going to be, and then I would work everything backwards from that. Because it helped me be able to say, okay, I have this many hours to accomplish this many tasks. And if I try to put too much into it, it's going to mess up the evening, which will throw off bedtime. And then that can throw our children's metabolism can get wonky. They can get hangry. They don't get to bed on a consistent time. Again, those are just important 
aspects of getting our children to develop healthy patterns. And when they develop those healthy patterns, it's not just for today and it's not for just your sanity as much as it does help your day go better and your sanity, but it helps train your children who will one day leave your home and go to college or they won't be going to school. Maybe they'll just be living with you, but they're working. You're training them while they're impressionable now so they develop those habits when they're 18 and beyond. You can't control, you really don't even have much of a say. It's not really control, but you really don't have much of a say as to what they're consuming. We want those taste buds to be trained early on. The other thing is help your children settle into study habits that work for them. I know we have a tendency, we all do it. We look around, we scroll on social media, or we talk to our friends and we think we should replicate what they're doing because they're probably doing it right. And most of the time, we tend to think that we're not doing it right. Somebody's doing it better. That's not the case with everybody, but that's generally, I mean, that's why God says compare not yourselves to one another because we do have a tendency to compare each other, ourselves to others. But you want to help your children in those first few weeks settle into study habits and patterns And why is this important? Because it helps them to develop a routine. At this time, they do this in a time frame-ish way. At this time, we're going to do this. It helps them know what's going to come next. And if children know what's coming next, they are less likely to gripe and complain. Create areas that's just their space, that's just theirs that they're going to be studying in, they're going to be reading in, they're just going to be thinking in. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be something special, just something that's theirs. But establish that. So you're going to help them establish a study routine and a space for them to be able to keep their schoolwork or keep their papers in order, and you want to help them get organized. Some kids have a general... Uh, They're just, they're good organizers. It's how God wired them. But some children aren't. They really wrestle with organization. Have you ever heard of the paper piler people versus the organized stack people? I mean, if you go into some offices, you can tell people that just kind of have piles of papers and those that have everything neatly organized. Those are your children as well. So if you aren't sure how your child is, start paying attention and notice it. If you are a highly organized person and you have a child who isn't, that can become a real source of contention between you and that child because you can't make them into an organized person. You can help them learn organizational skills and work toward becoming more effective at organization. But some people, they're wiring their bend. They know exactly in that pile of papers, four sheets down, is a specific thing that you might be looking for. That's okay. Our goal is to study our children. Our goal is to know our children and equip them to be able to take a weakness and improve it. But if they're not naturally organized, they can get better, but they're not going to be a hyper-organized person. Not in general. There are some cases that that can happen, but that's not the general rule. And if your children are real messy, Like I had a kid who is very messy and they actually really enjoyed that. I mean, they were perfectly fine with it. And the funny part is when that child moved out, all of a sudden, everything that I had been teaching 
And every time, I probably said it a million times, clean your room, clean your room, clean your room, put your stuff away, put your papers away, file your books, put stuff away. I felt like it was falling on deaf ears. And then all of a sudden, when this child moved out, everything they had been learning for those 18 years of living with us kicked in. It was like a light switch. It just, boom, came on and they knew exactly what to do. So it's like planting a seed. You're planting ideas, you're planting ways and systems and routines that they may resist and they may struggle with, but you're doing it for the long haul, not just for the here and now. There's a double benefit. And then I want you to incorporate physical exercise. Boy, that's one of my favorite parts of summer is just getting out, getting vitamin D, letting the kids play and run around. Don't get so bogged down with what you have to do or the schedule that you've made that you do not create time and allow margin in your day for some physical exercise. It doesn't have to be a long time. You can do 15-minute stretches, or you can do, hey, we're stopping school at this point. We're going to have this many hours. We're going to run around and play. We're going to do sidewalk truck, whatever it is that you do. But don't forego physical exercise so that we can stay on track with what we have planned for our kids. And remember, I'm a mom of five. I totally get having to get a lot of things done. And I'm going to say the last one because of our time. Create an atmosphere that's conducive to learning, that's harmonious, that is life-giving. Those are the things your kids will talk about when they're no longer living at your home. They will reflect on your childhood. They'll remember the back-to-school bashes that you made, whether you made a big old party out of it, whether it was just, hey, another day, there's not one right, one wrong. But your children will remember those things. They will remember what was the atmosphere in your home. It's not going to be perfect. And trust me, I have really had to work very hard at letting perfectionism go. I never expected other people to be perfect. I expected perfection out of myself because I would just drive so hard until I couldn't. And I'd be so sad and disappointed when things didn't go as well as I had planned because I meticulously planned for the way things would go. And it can be quite humbling, but it's not going to go perfect. And your children aren't going to ease back into school perfectly. And that wonderful curriculum or that teacher or that online class, it may or it may not fly. Listen to your kids. But that atmosphere of warmth and excitement and enthusiasm, that's all contagious. I remember sitting at a lunch with my daughter one day. My kids are all grown. And sometimes, like when I was writing Parenting Beyond the Rules, I often look back and I listen to what my kids say. And, you know, I want to hear what was your perception of your childhood? Because we all want our kids to have warm, fuzzy feelings about childhood. We all want these amazing relationships and our kids to be like, oh, thank you so much for, you know, I'm so glad you were my mom or my dad. And the truth is sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're not so happy by you being their mom or their dad. They'd like to have somebody else's mom or dad because they seem nicer or better or whatever it is. It's not the truth, but it does seem like that in the moment. But you create the atmosphere. Don't bog yourself down with too much. Don't try to pack 
too much into your day. I recently did an assessment of my time because people often say, oh, Connie, your kids are all grown. You have all this time in the world. And it's really funny because you fill the time that you have. And I was doing a time assessment. And as I started to really pay attention to where I'm spending my time, the person that was walking me through this said to me, okay, now how many hours do you have? And I said, 39. <laughs> and she just started laughing. She goes, um, how many hours are in a day? And I just kind of had to laugh. I'm like, somehow I had to fit 15 more hours into my day than was possible. And for years, I was operating on three and four hours of sleep. And it wasn't until recently that I had to break that habit because I had so much that I had to do to take care of my family and to do the podcasts and to write the articles that I was writing and write the books, et cetera, et cetera. And I had to really become very intentional and examine and be very honest. So my challenge to you as we wrap up this podcast is I want you to write down what is the atmosphere you want in your home? What is it when you turn around someday, and it'll come a lot faster than you think, and you're sitting around at the table and your kids are reflecting on something and you ask them a question, what are those words you want them to describe your home as? your relationship as, your mothering or your fathering? What is it that you want them to take away from that? Because this right now, you're building that. Every action, every event, as you begin a new school year, this is going to be the first last day of that year. Does that make sense? This is the first day and it's going to be the last day of this year for them. So, you know, first day of 10th grade is also the last day of the first day. Does that make sense? I know it sounds a little bit confusing, but to make that atmosphere that I'm talking about happen, you've got to remove distractions. I was having lunch with a mom the other day as she's gearing up for school and her daughter has some very high desires and accomplishments that she wants to achieve in the next few years. She's going into the 10th grade and it was really interesting because as I was conversing with her, one of the things she said is she just had to remove the distractions because in order to help her daughter achieve the goals she wanted, it was going to require more of her. And she knew that. She was assessing that. So what atmosphere do you want in your home? What distractions do you need to remove so that you can help your children achieve the goals that they have laid out, that they have for themselves, that God is calling them to, that you get to help them with. You're not stuck with helping them. You get to help them. What are those? Remove those distractions. And lastly, as much as possible, try to provide the resources and the supplements and the supplies that they need in order to accomplish those goals. Now, maybe they're going to change, and this is going to be the only year they're going to be interested in a specific topic. In as much as possible, help them figure out a way to provide the means, the resources to be able to do that, or things that you can do to help provide. I know for us, I would always run whatever it was we were doing. So if it was a field trip, I would always sign up to do the field trip because that meant my family usually got to go for free. Or if it was a school project, a homeschool project, I would usually spearhead it again because it helped me save the cost. You can look at those ways and say, I know what our goal is. This is the beginning of a new school year. My children might be nervous. I want to help them ease into it. I want to be careful to manage my expectations and not be perfectionistic of myself or of them. 
because at the end of the school year, I want to be able to look back and have my kids say, man, this was a great year. It was hard, but it was a great year. I hope this podcast was a blessing to you as you begin this new year. And it's really, it could be a new endeavor in actually anything. So while we may talk about going back to school, it's really beginning whatever new endeavor that you have. I hope this is a blessing to you as always. Please check us out over at ConnieAlbers.com. Go to our social media post and tune in every Wednesday. Get on our email list. You can go to podcast at ConnieAlbers.com or contact at ConnieAlbers.com. And that way you'll get the show notes and you will get on our email list and you will not miss an episode that releases every Wednesday morning. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.